From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. All right, welcome back, everybody, as we are live here on a Monday afternoon coming your way from Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino, the home of not uh, just one but two Monday night football games tonight. We've got Tennessee and Miami and Green Bay and the Giants. That's right, doubleheader. Adrian, we never have a doubleheader 11 days into December for Monday Night Football. This is something new in the NFL trying to uh, get as many uh, eyeballs on their games as they possibly can. Yeah, uh, simply put, the NFL is trying to be a monopoly right now, which they already are. And it's not just this weekend, Steve. It's next weekend, which we've got three Saturday night game or Saturday games uh, this upcoming week, Saturday, December 16th. Next week, we've got two Saturday games ahead of Christmas Eve. And then not to mention the Christmas Eve slate and a full Christmas Day slate next uh, uh, you you know, next week as well. So we've got a lot of NFL action coming at us to close out the regular season. And remember, we go 18 weeks now in the NFL. So we're talking about games stretching all the way through January 12th. Oh, you're not kidding. It's going to be fantastic. We're here. We're ready to talk about it with you. In fact, we got so much to cover on the show today. Where do we start? Um, I want to get to the Otani story. That broke moments ago. We'll do that in a little bit. We'll talk about the Monday night games. We'll talk about the Cowboys' win over Philly. We'll do all that. But why don't we get started, Adrian, with the UTEP women's volleyball team since they advanced yesterday afternoon in a big way over South Florida, and now they are hosting in another sold-out memorial gym tomorrow night, Wichita State in the championship of the NIVC. What a win for the volleyball program. What a win for the city of El Paso, really. I mean, uh, UTEP fans get a chance to be excited about one winner, and that is the volleyball program as of right now. The fan base has been great in supporting them. They sold it out on Thursday, They or uh, excuse me, on Wednesday. They sold it out on Sunday just yesterday, and now we're looking at another sellout coming up tomorrow. I love it for this program. All the eyes need to be on this program right now and what they're yep. doing to represent represent this university is awesome the, the fact that they won in a resounding fashion three nothing against south florida albeit it wasn't easy uh but right. it was uh, you know it was one of those that felt commanding a commanding victory for this volleyball squad i mean doesn't this remind you of keith's run years ago uh to go into rutgers and the championship of the wnit at the haskins center i mean it's it's uh, it's mirroring each other the sellouts the way the crowds have grown the way the miners continue to play uh on their home floor i mean this to me is the volleyball equivalent in in every way shape and form of that utep run uh, all the way to rutgers in the finals yeah i love that comparison right there as far as women's sports at UTEP, I think those two uh, runs really mirror each other. But what UTEP volleyball is doing right now, I have to say, Steve, feels one of one. Just when you yeah. isolate themselves, when you isolate the team, and you just put what's what's uh, in front of them and what is on their team, they've lost so many players. They've battled through injuries, and they've kind of overachieved when you really look at it. It's, it's a great sports story just in general, and it feels like every time somebody comes to Memorial Gym, they're coming to take a big L because of the way this yep. UTEP volleyball team is playing. I keep getting people saying, you know, have it at the Haskins Center. Have it at the Haskins Center. Look, I'll say this. 34, 3500 at Memorial Gym to me is a bigger deal than five, six, seven thousand 7000 at the Haskins Center for a lot of reasons. Number one, 
It's an old arena. It gets louder than any of the Haskins Center arenas uh, crowds have been. That place will be a zoo tomorrow night, and we'll be there for it, by the way. We'll tell you about that in a little bit. But also, um, if you are a UTEP volleyball team and you have not played in the Don Haskins Center, forget all year, probably most of these athletes have never played a match on the Haskins Center. It's not even equipped for volleyball anymore. Why would you want to take your home court advantage away from them for tomorrow's match? You want them to play in the arena they're most familiar with. It gives them the best chance to win. It will be loud. It will be a capacity. Um, I know some people believe that UTEP missed on not having this in the Don Haskins Center tomorrow night. I completely disagree. I feel like... Even if they would have sold six, seven, eight thousand tickets, it would be a neutral site match for UTEP because even with the crowd, they're just not used to all of the surroundings that they would have to deal with versus what they already know, which is Memorial Gym. So to this point, what I'll say, because I saw a lot of people on social media very upset that they could not get a ticket to tomorrow's uh, you know, final, and I get that because there are some diehards out there who have followed UTEP volleyball when no one were, were at those games, you know, through the Holly Watts era, through uh, just yep. uh, the tough times, and some fans were saying on social media how they felt left out in tomorrow's final. Final. I get all that, and I, to those fans, I sympathize with them. I really do because those are the day one fans that were supporting UTEP volleyball no matter what, uh, you know, and full force throughout the season and throughout previous seasons. But that just kind of is what it is, unfortunately, for this final. It just shows you how quickly, uh, high, how high in demand these tickets are. And as yep. soon as they went on sale, I think Alberto over here, he actually had like the minutes counter. It felt like forty five minutes. Uh, before UTEP Volleyball sold out those tickets. Well, Alberto, you tell us. By the way, the clean-shaven Alberto today here at the radio station. He was working with Buzz this morning, and now he's with us. How fast did those tickets sell out? I had the timer at uh, 48 minutes. Uh, I stopped it when I saw the first report of, hey, I can't get any tickets on Twitter. And I actually opened my Twitter right as like that guy sent that tweet. I saw it 58 seconds after he posted it. So I, I had it at 48 minutes and 34 seconds. So you, you can round it around anywhere like 40, 45 minutes. Okay, that makes sense. By the way, um, and Adrian, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this too. Um, I'm assuming all season ticket holders have first shot in access to getting their tickets for this entire NIVC run. I, I doubt that if you are one of the volleyball season ticket holders, you were not given this kind of priority access. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm going to do some digging and ask on that one. I'm not sure. I'll just text Sam West, who's the director of tickets for UTEP, and I'll get an answer pretty quick on that. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, you know what? As long as – I get it. I mean, there's some fans that go to matches every year, but if you go game in, game out, and you buy season tickets, you should always have first priority. That makes the most sense. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Give your season ticket holders the first dibs, and then everybody else, that's where you open it up to the public. We'll be there tomorrow, 4 to 7, full three-hour show, live at Memorial Gym. Adrian will be with me alongside uh, you know, the show and – we're excited. We can't wait to be out there and then sticking around to watch the championship match. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. We did it last week uh, for their semifinal, actually for their quarterfinal match, Adrian, 
And now we'll have the opportunity to be back again for the title tomorrow. Hey, uh, just want to mention, everybody bring your $20 bills. They are going to be selling Memorial Maniac UTEP Volleyball shirts. So minor fans with a donation of $20 or more will receive a Memorial Maniacs t-shirts while supplies last. This was just announced through the UTEP Volleyball social account. Uh, I think that's great, by the way, Steve. So you, you might have to bring a $20 bill. I might have to bring a $20 bill so we can capitalize yep. on this. Good. Um, and I'm looking to see what it will say. It looks like it's just a T-shirt and in orange, it's going to say Memorial Maniacs and then below it, UTEP uh, Volleyball. Is that, do you think that's what it's going to say or is that what we're probably looking at? I think so. We don't have a we don't have a look at the T-shirt just yet, but I anything that says Memorial Maniacs, I mean that sounds pretty cool. I, I love the uh, the hook for the UTEP volleyball team, and I think it's a great line right there. I agree with you. I like it too. So once again, that is something that uh, they are pushing right now. So excited about that. All right. Um, so we're going to talk UTEP. We'll talk UTEP volleyball today. And then I guess there's the good and the bad, right? Because as the volleyball team plays for the title tomorrow, the men lose in basketball at Oregon. I don't know how many people thought they were going to win, but after the first half playing with that kind of defensive effort to come out and, and just know that you didn't make any adjustments out of the break, get beaten badly in the second half, and just dominated over the final 20 minutes, that is what a lot of minor fans have a really hard time swallowing after that performance over the weekend. Right. I think uh, most fans assume that UTEP would probably fall in some form or fashion against Oregon. I, I think those who are educated, I'm really, I would think that those, uh, they assumed that UTEP was going down this weekend. But after the first half, there was a bit of optimism from UTEP fans, thinking that they could hang in this game against Oregon on the road. Ducks didn't look that good uh, no. against the minor by the way, Steve. And they in the didn't. second half, I felt like UTEP came out completely flat offensively, uh, uninspiring offensive performance by the Miners, and that's something that they're going to have to figure out moving forward. How do they get some points on the board? And it feels like it's a constant carousel of different guys are throwing into the rotation, and nothing is sticking right now with this basketball squad. It, it feels like something has gone wrong over these four straight losses. I don't count West New Mexico. I said it Saturday. Don't count yep. it whatsoever. That's four straight Division One losses for this men's basketball program, and they're going to have to fix it ahead of Sunday's matchup against Abilene Christian, Steve, because despite being 6-4, and four, I hold UTEP to a high standard. I expect them to win at Abilene Christian this weekend, and if they don't, I consider that a big disappointment. Huge disappointment. Not just big, huge. You lose to that, you lose to your old school, your old program, that would show us where they are right now, and it, it, it would not be good. Um, I'm with you on that one. I think Abilene Christian's a must. And even if they I mean, and, and they should win that game. They shouldn't lose that. That should be a W. Robert says on the app, hello, I really don't understand that it takes three or more years to put UTEP back on the map. This is getting ridiculous. He's right. I mean, this is year three of Joe Golding. Last year, the excuse was no NIL which was justified. They didn't have the NIL. This year they have the minor collective. They've got 300 to to spend. They did. And, Adrian, if this team is no better this year than last year with all that NIL, uh, there's going to be a lot of not just upset fans, 
What about the people that are putting the money in for the NIL that are expecting to see results and they don't get it? That's another big thing to think about. Yeah, really good points all around. I mean, the the first red flag for me was the loss to Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I didn't expect them to beat, uh, you know, Loyola Marymount on the road. I had that as a loss, but I thought they would have beat Bradley at least, and that didn't happen. Uh, And then now the Oregon loss, this is something I expected. But if they go on the road and lose to Abilene Christian ahead of the Don Haskins Sun Bowl Invitational, which comes up next week, that's a red flag for me for this basketball squad. I'm not completely out on this group whatsoever. I still am hanging on to some hope that they can turn it around. But uh, there have been some breadcrumbs in play, Steve, that have uh, shown us early on in the season why we might not be or we should not be as bullish on this team as we were after the uh, UC Santa Barbara game. Well, I, we tried to we we tried to really pump the brakes on the hype machine after four or five games, but fans were so convinced that this was going to be a different team, and I understand why they look different after the first four or five games. But now they're back to resembling the team we've seen the last year plus, and yeah, there's a lot of reasons why fans uh, could be concerned. I don't blame them. The one thing we will say: it's a long season. You'll get stretches of good, bad, and ugly all in one year. Hopefully, Adrian, they'll be able to figure out a way to get this worked out and get back on track here soon. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking to myself, talk to me early February. We'll know this team. We'll know exactly what kind of team they've got. Because early February, if we're talking about it dragging to finish up the year, it's a drag, which was uh, this past year. In 2022-2023, last season's uh, team felt like it dragged when it passed the January point if it feels that way come february of 2024 then that's not going to be a good sign whatsoever for the miners they have to close out that tough month of february in conference play and then of course close it out in the conference tournament uh tournament in march We've got a couple calls to get to. We'll get to Orly. We'll get to Mike. We'll get to more of your messages on uh, Twitter uh, as well as on the app. But before we do anything, let's go to Charlie One. Start it off right. He has traffic for us. All right, back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Live, coming your way, Border City L House. Adrian was in uh, Scottsdale over the weekend. I was in Vegas. We'll give you trip reports here coming up in just a little bit. We do have calls uh, to get to. Since uh, last segment, let's start it off at 505-6009 with Orly. He's first up today. Orly, welcome aboard. How are you? Well, uh, just thinking about Memorial Gym, a bunch of you guys, a bunch of your listeners don't remember Memorial Gym. I can. you imagine that place packed with 5,000 going up against Arizona and Arizona State? That yep. place was a great place to watch basketball. You kept having truly, truly home court advantage. I can remember bringing some powerhouse schools through here, and they had a hard time winning in that place. Just oh, think no about it. Um, just think, what, 2,700's loud? Put 5,000 in there. That's a great place. Uh, real quick, the basketball. Oh, it's frustrating. Someone called in the show on Sunday or Saturday night. It feels like the demo experience. They go into halftime and don't adjust. They can't score. Uh, feels like football all over again. Someone brought that up. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, but, you know, it, it's frustrating. Here we're going to our third year, and I see no improvements. I like the guy. I, I like his attitude. But sometimes raw, raw, raw didn't get you wins in the, in the column. Um, 
going to football now. Uh, oh, God, I can't believe it. Thank you, Cowboys. Now you put the 49ers in the driver's seat for the number one seed. Uh, great game. We struggled, or they struggled against Seattle, but I expected that coming off a big win. Well, that's good. But you know what? You take care of your, your lower-end opponents, and you, you take care of your business. Well, a good weekend. Otherwise, good for UTEP. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to put it. Exactly. Except for UTEP, it was a good weekend. You're right. Appreciate the call. Hard to believe that uh, Orley is talking about the Cowboys giving the uh, 49ers a chance to be in the driver's seat, but he's right with what they did. But it also put the Cowboys in the driver's seat, Adrian, because now they're in first place in their division. Wow. I can't believe we've. Uh, it's 24 minutes until we mentioned the Cowboys, Steve. And, man, it was the biggest weekend uh, of the Cowboys season, maybe the biggest uh, win that the Cowboys fans can remember over the past yep. three years, knowing how dominating it was, knowing how they set themselves. Yeah, you're right. You, they they set the 49ers up in a perfect position to claim that number one overall seed. They give themselves some hope to try to win the division as well, so that's also in play. Uh, yeah, if you're a Cowboys fan, you've got to enter this week, Monday, uh, very, very, very happy. That's true. Let's get right back to the phones as we continue here on Sports Talk. Mike is joining us next. Hey, Mike, what's going on? Oh, not too much. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. Thanks for the call, Mike. Hey, uh, you know what? <laughs> Orly kind of stole my thunder as far as what he had to say about almost everything. Memorial Gym is a great place, and it would it would um, it's much better to have fewer fans and make it really loud and raucous in there than it is to have a half filled uh, auditorium with um, or gymnasium yep. with, with you know it's just not the same. And then, like you said earlier, the volleyball players, the lighting is different. And the whole atmosphere would be different. So definitely props to the volleyball team and to playing in Memorial Gym. But the basketball team, I've watched a few games, and it's like it's like Orly was saying, it's like they can't make halftime adjustments, and then they don't have any shooters. They need some three-point people that can get out there and shoot the ball. And, you know, if they go up against any team that can shoot the three-ball they're going to lose. They don't. They don't have a chance because they can't match them three, three, three by three. You know, they'll they'll go three to two. I mean, they can take it to the rim. They're a good rebounding team, and they play good, smart defense for the most part. But they seem to run out of gas in the second the second half almost every single game. Yep, you're right. And by the way, they again. I think it kind of gave false hope to fans because of their first couple of games, those huge offensive output, and, and you know, they, they, they beat Cal Santa Barbara. That got fans excited. And then kind of reality set in uh, during the uh, trip to California in that game against, uh, you know, Loyola Marymount. Yeah, well, look, they're playing the, they're playing the JV. You know, they're yeah. going to have success. I mean, these are Division One college athletes, so – but when they go up against other <clears throat> Division One college athletes that are a little bit more skilled in the outside shot and the um, rhythm uh, rhythm of the offense, it always looks to me like they have no rhythm when they play offense. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like there's no flow to how they're how they're doing it. And and with regard to football and basketball, sorry, I don't mean to take up so much airtime, but the portal is really upsetting. UTEP's, um, you know, recruiting. It's like it's 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 not a good thing. 
I mean, they had a receiver, what, a couple years ago that had 1,300 yards? As soon as he got that one, he had that one year, he left for Arizona State or whatever. And it's the same thing with a lot of athletes. You know, and it's like the, the big baby from Ohio State, it's like, oh, the coach said something about you, so he takes off. And, you know, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a big mess. And when you don't have NIL um, advantages like we do at smaller schools, it's just going to mess things up. So I'll let you guys go and talk about that. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, there's. I guess really when you look at it, the latest uh, big NIL defection, and uh, this was something, Adrian, that we were talking a lot about here was, you know, who UTEP could lose and – uh, at least what school could they end up going to? Well, we're talking about uh, offensive line and one of their big, uh, you know, one of their big early defections and ends up signing with Colorado. Yeah, that's Justin Mayer, and he's somebody who uh, really came onto the scene this year and, and really emerged for his first true year of starting every single game at the tackle position. But, Steve, uh, let, let's, be, let's just be real. If you're an SEC team out there, if you're a Big 12 team out there like Colorado, uh, yeah, you want to get as many tackles, as many wide receivers on your roster as possible. I think the transfer portal is great for good programs when they need wide receivers. They need a plug-and-play tackle. They need extra defensive lineman. That's where the transfer portal uh, really has success for those Power 5 programs. But if you're a quarterback, if you're a kicker, if you're, you know, even uh, to some degree, a safety, those positions right there are harder to transfer uh, like up, or even a running back is harder to transfer up because there's so many players at that position in the transfer portal. It's a good point. Very good point. Um, El Paso Visuals Deportivos with this. One complaint about volleyball. I won't post a photo of them, but at the last two volleyball matches, there were people who showed up in UT Austin shirts and were sitting in the front bottom section where the TV cameras always show up. Um, And what uh, El Paso Visuals said is, how do you show up to a sold-out postseason UTEP volleyball match wearing Texas Longhorn shirts? Again, multiple days and multiple peeps. Come on, El Paso, you know where you're going and for what. Don't show that fake love for UTEP. We can literally see your fake love on your chest. Give me your take on uh, going to the match wearing a UT Austin uh, Texas Longhorn shirt. I really didn't like it. I, I saw them as well. Uh, I saw them both times. And I'm, anyone that knows me knows I'm a really radical person. But uh, I just think that uh, UTEP Athletics and UTEP Marketing can uh, target them and get them to donate a good uh, a crisp $20 bill, get them all some T-shirts, and that'll be the end of that. I would say I was saying stuff, and I put it on Deportivos' uh, pages. You could have, uh, I would have offered them a shirt. Hey, we really appreciate you being here. We really want you to be here. But... You could take this shirt, and if they say, no, this is who we're supporting, then I would have asked them to leave, but that's because I'm extreme. Yeah, teach her. Adrian, your your take before we go to sports center. Yeah, I think that's pretty interesting. Imagine asking them to leave, you know, after, you know, there. They would probably cause a scene, but, you know, if you're really making it the Memorial Maniacs, don't you want everybody there who's backing you? I'll just say this. If there's a family out there in El Paso who loves to support the UT volleyball team, well, that's great in itself. I mean, uh, we saw what a great match they had over the weekend as well. They've been killing it in volleyball, and they're one of the best volleyball programs that you're going to find in the country. Country, but this is also a UTEP postseason volleyball tournament. Go there to support the Miners, right? Yeah, exactly. You figure there's enough uh, places to buy T-shirts, you can go get one. 
Exactly. Exactly. There's really no excuse there. If you're going to the yeah, U- no, to watch UTEP volleyball, you're there to watch UTEP volleyball. 31 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. We're less than two hours away from the Monday night football doubleheader. We're hanging out with you at Border City Alehouse, 1506 Lee Trevino. Tons of great prizes to talk about in a moment, but first, let's go to Adrian and Sports Center. All right, Adrian, thank you very much as we continue here on the program. By the way, I am watching the replay of the uh, ESPN Plus call. And I do not see, at least uh, initially, the Texas Longhorn fans that are in question. I'm looking. I see all the shirts. I see a lot of UTEP shirts. I see a lot of mixtures of everything. I don't see the Longhorn burnt orange. So um, El Paso uh, Visuals Deportivos, text me a photo like you were referring to so I can at least reference it. Because when I'm on, I'm looking at the crowd, especially the crowd there at the game on Sunday, I don't see those Longhorn fans unless they're on the baseline. And if they're on the baseline, I'm looking right now. I see Fight Miners Fight. I see UTEP Golf. I see a bunch of UTEP Golf. um, And I see a bunch of UTEP shirts. I still do not see any of the um, UT shirts. Do okay, I saw are? it. I saw it. It's the uh, bottom left corner. Alberto just sent it to me or showed it to me right here. I'm gonna uh, screenshot this, take uh, or and send this your way, Steve. One is it one T-shirt? No, it's like it's multiple. I I see the multiple ones. Okay, because I'm looking, and if it's bottom left, um, I don't see it. So send it my way, and we'll we'll go from there. I'm kind of curious on that. All right. Um, meanwhile. The Shohei Otani story is ridiculous. I mean, 680 of the $700 million deferred in order to allow the Dodgers to get better players around Shohei. And by the way, in case you're wondering, Otani is the one who brought this up, Adrian. This was not the Dodgers' idea. This was Shohei's idea. He says he doesn't need the money because of endorsements, but he knows what he's worth. So he's okay with uh, 680 of the 700 deferred. That is an enormous amount of money. And you wonder if Major League Baseball is even going to allow this once all the other teams uh, start to you know, get wind of it and, and, and say that that's just not right. Yeah, you know, I love this for so many reasons because they found the loophole, right? And the first thing, if you're an agent out there or if you're anybody in baseball, is you're going to say, well, how much interest can I incur when it's all said and done? Like $680 million is not going to be the same uh, in 2033 as it is yeah. here in 2023. And so I would just say to all of this, uh, I'm so fascinated in this loophole. And I love yep. it because what it shows, Steve, is uh, – Shohei Otani wants to win right now. He, yes, he doesn't he does. say, show me the money. It says, show me the World Series that we can win, the titles that we can win out there. And it shows also that he's got more trust in the Dodgers organization than almost anybody on the planet, right? Because I don't know about you, but if I'm telling anybody that I'm going to give them eight, uh, $680 millions 10 years from now, well, yeah, I'm going to work <laughs> today on how I'm going to get that money to them. Wow. Anyway, um, and the answer, according to Jeff Passan, is for anybody wondering if MLB will challenge or cancel Otani's contract, the answer is no. There is no specific article in the collective bargaining agreement that addresses deferred money. And as Passan reported, deferred money is limitless, even 680 of $700 million. 
There is an it's called Article 16, deferred compensation from MLB's collective bargaining agreement. Here's what it says. There shall be no limitations on either the amount of deferred compensation or the percentage of total compensation attributable to deferred compensation for which a uniform player's contract may provide. Well, there you go. There's, you know, they found the loophole. The Dodgers did it. They abs- I mean, the Dodgers and Otani, it's a genius move. They beat the system, Adrian. They beat the system. They really did, and I, you got to give them so much credit for doing this. I mean, and also, you, you kind of felt like the framework of all this was put in place, right? Yep. Uh, maybe even all season long. And that, of course, you know, Angels fans won't want to hear that, but that's probably the reality. I remember uh, the offseason when LeBron went to the Lakers. My first reaction was, well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There, there was the breadcrumbs there throughout his entire final season in Cleveland that he would be going to L.A., that the Lakers would be the number one suitor, and when it was all said and done, I thought, yeah, it sounds about right, exactly what we kind of all uh, thought throughout the entire year. And so as soon as the talk of free agency started uh, to come up with Shohei Otani, the one name that everybody continued to say and the team that everybody continued to mention was the Dodgers. So this should not be a big surprise to everybody, and and to the guy who tried to leak out that he was going to Toronto yep. to be a Blue Jay, man, what a losing weekend for him, right? Oh, my God. You're not kidding. Um, a lot of great comments. You heard Alberto on air a little while ago talking about the T-shirt um, ordeal. Uh, this came also from Beast Mo. It's hard to tell people what to wear to a UTEP game. And I actually 100% agree with you. If you're there to support the Miners, then you should be wearing Miners stuff. But I can't tell you how many Cowboy shirts I've seen at the Sun Bowl. Where does it end from Beast Mo? He's right. Um, This also came from Pinky. The T-shirt thing is an El Paso thing. How many sporting events do you go to and see numerous persons not wearing the team you went? So... What he's saying is every time you go to a sporting event, you do not see anywhere near the number of team shirts like you would want to see. So that's the, the point that Pinky is making. All right. Anyway, if you want to weigh in on that T-shirt issue, 505-6009. That is our telephone number as we continue here on the program. Um, meanwhile, I want to mention some of the great prizes we're going to be giving away out here. I was just out at um, all that music and video collectors market. Prizes we're going to be giving away today from the Oscar Adietta Agency, uh, along with all that music and video, as well as 915 uh, Sports and Novelties. So come on down and be a part of the show today. As we say hello right now to the president of the Shohei Otani Fan Club, he's joining us here on uh, Line 1. Prez, what's happening? How are you? This is Richard, man. How you doing? Well, you're the president of the Shohei Otani fan club. I figure that that's how Go we should Gators, be referring brother. to you today. No, no, no. All no right. Gators today. Today is all Otani, baby. There's nothing about today the Gators for you a today. a good day to be a Gator. Hey, wow. so th- this thing with the deferred money. Yeah. It, I know I know you got young Sheldon there on the, on the Google machine. You can look it up, but during – during that period of time when COVID hit and no one was playing baseball, the highest paid MLB player still getting money was Ichiro. I think it like $5 million or something. 
and that was all deferred. That was after he retired. How do you like that? It's good stuff. I like it. Well, you're on. You're 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 rocking it, man. You're you're throwing gas at the fire. Look, I love the move. I mean, they figured out a way to beat the system. Good for them. I mean, there's nothing wrong with what they did. Nothing at all wrong with what they did. It's yeah, completely I mean, it's completely legal. Shohei's going to be making about probably seventy. I think the one of the sportscasters on uh, CBS. CBS Sports HQ, they said that uh, each or not each or uh, Showtime's going to be making about 75 to 85 million dollars mm-hmm. annual. Okay. Yeah. Not just not just on the 700 million dollar contract, but on, but on the, uh, you know, uh, Tiger Woods type endorsements and stuff. Okay. Big time money. Big time. That is. Listen, I mean, that's why he's doing it. The endorsements is the reason why he put this together because he knows he can do it. I mean, and it was his idea. I, I think it's a brilliant move. And you want to say people are upset? Listen, you wouldn't be upset if your favorite team put that together. They, the the uh, Dodgers would not have been my first choice, but hey, I, I told I you I made it was a coming. Prediction. I made that prediction. Uh, earlier this year, or maybe even last year, that I, I didn't think he was going to go to anybody but an AL team, yeah. American League. But, yeah. hey, if the Dodgers bellied up and they showed him the money, $700 million. I mean, that's phenomenal money. It's 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 ridiculous. It, it really is. And you know what? Hey, listen, good for him. Good for him. So I'm with you. All right. Enjoy it. Uh, by the way, uh, do we like the young Sheldon on Google over there? That line uh, yeah. is now going to be trending. <laughs> it's going to be trending on social media. Alberto's already picked up on that. Yeah, I love the young Sheldon. In fact, I've heard him reference young Sheldon in the past, and usually it's Tulane Frank. So uh, it's interesting that we've got a new young Sheldon out here. Yes. How does it feel? Um, you know what? I don't like it. I, I think there's better ones out there. Uh, young Sheldon could be saved for Lane. He's used it on this radio station before yes, for, he has. to describe Lane. So let's keep it. Young Sheldon with Lane. Okay. So you want uh, something other than Young Sheldon to describe you. I yeah, that's, that's right. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Hey, one hour down. We got uh, about another hour and change to go. Come on down with us. We're live out here. Border City, Ohio. 1506 Lee Trevino at Sports Talk and 600 ESPN El Paso. Uh, Along with uh, the third member of our team today, and uh, that is uh, Alberto Urieta. We are live out here and uh, hanging with you at Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino. Sticking around uh, till 615 for kickoff of the doubleheader. We'll be airing the Green Bay Giants game and not the Tennessee-Miami game. We had a choice. We picked Green Bay and the Giants because we were hoping we'd be airing Aaron, Rod- uh, Aaron Jones. That is not the case. As you heard a moment ago during SportsCenter, in fact, Aaron uh, Jones, an inactive. And by the way, I feel almost uh, like, you know what? It's uh, pretty a pretty good move. The turf at Le- at uh, Meadowlands is the worst turf out there, and I don't necessarily think playing Aaron Jones coming off a knee injury at the Meadowlands would really be what the uh, what the Packers are looking for right now. 
No, I'm with you on that, Steve. Although it's a pivotal game for the Packers, knowing that uh, the the Vikings ended up squeaking out that three nothing riveting game against the uh, Raiders yesterday. Which, by the way, I was surprised that they actually pulled that one off. Uh, and knowing that the Lions are playing as bad as they are, so this is a big one for them. I'll say this though: everybody counted out the Giants, and they beat the Commanders in uh, dominating fashion last week, thirty one nineteen, and then or two weeks ago. And then they beat out the Patriots 10-7. to So uh, I would be worried if I were a Packers fan for tonight's yeah. game, knowing that you're going into this one without Aaron Jones and also without Christian Watson, who's played nice uh, for you as the Packers over the past couple weeks. Jordan Love's looked pretty good, though, the last few weeks. It seems like he's finally starting to come around as a quarterback for Green Bay. He's going to need some of those young, young, young guys to step up, like Jalen Reed. I mean, because yep. without Watson, uh, that limits his targets going into this one. I like Musgrave, though, the, the tight end. He's emerged as a nice complementary piece for this offense. No, you're right. So that we'll have. We'll have Tennessee and Miami. You can watch both games, win some great prizes. Thanks to uh, our friends at 915 Sports and Novelties, Inside Bassett Place. They've got something for every sports fan. and. Get your holiday gifts out there. We've got some of the uh, classic Rain Mickens golf tournament signed T-shirts. These are um, essentially shirts that have been in the vault for the last 15 years. Unearthed, and we're going to be giving away two T-shirts here today. We also have the Oscar Arrieta Agency uh, orange sunglasses we're going to be giving away from uh, Oscar Arrieta and Allstate Agency. And we're going to be giving away, courtesy of all that music and video, uh, located out there at uh, the Fountains of Farah, uh, just below the Best Buy parking lot. I was there earlier today. Lots of holiday shoppers. They've got something for everyone, whether it's vinyl. Um, it, it could be CDs. It could be posters. It could be movies. Anything that involves pop culture and entertainment, you'll see it at uh, all that music and video. We've got a couple of Green Bay Packer DVDs, one standard, one Blu-ray. We've got a Giants lanyard. We've got Giants and Packers bottle opener keychains. And we have the Aaron Rodgers 12-inch premium vinyl gold Funko. He's in the uh, white Packer uniform. We're going to be giving this away as well. By the way, I don't know if you've seen this one or not, Adrian. This, to me, ugh. See, it really looks like Aaron Rodgers. He does have the uh, the beard and the goatee. Really, I haven't. I have not seen this one, Steve. I need a. I need a picture of this one so I can judge whether or not it looks like Rodgers. Um, all I can tell you is, and I'm going to send you a photo um, of what it looks like. Not a, a, a yeah. You're just going to look at this and you're going to say, "Come on, no." But I really want to see what you think. So. I'm going to send it to you, and you're going to have to give me a on the air a yes or no. Okay, is that is that fair? It sounds fair. Let's do it. All right, hang on. It's coming to you in the next um, in the next few. Let me see if I if this thing is too blurry. Hang on, let me check. Let me see what I did here. Did I? Nah, I got to get you a, a clear version of it. Um, I think it's just kind of. I'm going to say it. I think this is more creepy than realistic, but. That's just me, okay? That is just me. Um, but, hey, it is a collector's item because he is no longer with the Packers. Um, that's uh, instantly what makes it a collector's item. Plus, it is one of the more valuable um, figures that we've seen. So, 
Yeah, you look at that oh thing. Oh, my gosh. What? How would you describe that, to be fair? So this looks like uh, Aaron Rodgers went into a dark chamber and didn't come out for like uh, six months instead of six days. Remember he went into that darkness chamber? This is like six months, no Aaron Rodgers, because his eyes look lifeless, Steve. This is yeah. scary right here. It's true. He looks like a zombie. Um, in fact, there's no eyeballs. I think his eyes are like, just either brown or black, and there's no eyeball. Yeah, this is uh, – enjoy it, folks. We're giving that away here today at halftime. And then that's probably going to be the first prize off the board. You know that, right? Oh, yes. Oh, when I First have, prize off the board. Whenever I'm out there at Border City Alehouse, the first thing that people want are the action figures like these yep. right there. So even though we find yes. it a little weird, somebody else is going to love to put this in their office, in their house, in their room, whatever it is. It's fantastic. They've got it all for you at uh, All That Music and Video. Fountains of Farrah just below the Best Buy parking lot. All right, let's recap the stories that have been making headlines in the first started part of the show. First hour, we talked UTEP Volleyball. We'll be there tomorrow night, Memorial Gym, 4 to 7. Uh, we've got Danny Pedroza, who's going to be producing for us. Thank you, Danny. Um, Alberto's going to be there on site because he'll be doing sidelines. Last game for the Miners. They win. They win the whole NIVC, and they can hang a banner. I've got a feeling, does he feel like they're going to be hanging a banner at Memorial no matter what? I feel like they should. I feel like yep. this has been, I mean, even to just commemorate the sold-out crowds that they've received, right. right? Right, or just put NIVC championship game or something like that. But, I mean, if they're the NIVC champions, that's a big deal. I do think that's a big deal. In fact, did UTEP's women's basketball team ever hang an NIT banner for their championship <laughs> loss to Rutgers? Ah, uh, that's a good question. They might they might have one in the Haskins Center, Steve. I I, think, I don't know. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I want to say it might, they might actually. So we've talked volleyball. We had a side conversation thanks to um, our our pal Ivan at El Paso Visuals Deportivos, who was upset, saying that he sees Texas Longhorn shirts in the front row, and that that's wrong, and that uh, they should uh, be asked to leave if they're not wearing UTEP gear. So, actually, I don't know if, did he go so far as to kick them out if they're not wearing UTEP gear? Let me see if I was right about that. Was, that. Uh, that was Alberto who was saying that. Yeah, he was, saying, okay. he was saying they should be kicked out. Yeah. All right. What did he say? Let me see what he said here. He said, uh, let me see what this is. Oh, here it is. Um, El Paso Visuals said, Come on, El Paso, you know where you're going and for what. Don't show that fake love for you, Tep. We can literally see your fake love on your chest. That's the funniest thing ever. Listen, um, I go to sporting events all the time. And the truth is, um, you know, fans show up where whatever they want. They do. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. In fact, most of the sporting events I go to, I'm wearing UTEP gear or Chihuahua's gear. That's just what I do. And I sometimes have great seats, great seats. So, I don't know. That's just uh, that's just me. But I get the argument. I understand. Pinky was very much against it because Pinky wears whatever he wants. He'll wear Giants gear. He'll wear UTEP gear. He'll wear Socorro High School gear. He just shows up with whatever he's in the mood for wearing. It's simply that. But, you know, teach their own, I guess. You want everybody to show up. Uh, look, I'll bet, here's a better way to put it. If it was a whiteout and everybody was given a white T-shirt, and they still wore Texas Longhorn T-shirt and not the shirt they were given, then I think I'd have a problem with it. But you know what? I mean, if they're Longhorn alum, Texas Exeter, or they're just fans, and they're showing up to a Utah volleyball match wearing a Texas shirt, 
I don't know. I mean, again, is it, is it any different than going to a Chihuahuas game against the Oklahoma City Dodgers wearing a Los Angeles Dodgers jersey? Yeah, that's a good argument, too. I mean, I, I feel like, for me personally, I'm not knocking anybody for wearing whatever they want to games. Like, I'm just not that person. Uh, but I understand if you're a diehard uh, of UTEP and you just don't like to see opposing schools being represented, I understand that argument completely. I think that you go to sporting events nowadays. It could be uh, the Dallas Cowboys game last night against the Eagles. It could be a Memorial Gym uh, matchup that features yep. volume ball with UTEP I feel like you're going to get kind of a hodgepodge no matter where you go in sporting events in 2023 nowadays everybody kind of wears what they want and I'll be honest looking at the photo you sent me I mean you could barely make these people out on the video feed yeah, I see what you're saying as far as the video feed. It must be uh, glaring if you're in person and you see yeah. those people yeah it just mean, right. must mean like an in-person thing I don't know look they're buying a ticket to go and they're supporting the program. They can wear whatever they want. What would you rather them wear? A Texas Longhorns t-shirt or a South Florida t-shirt to the game? It's I don't point. know. Yeah. And, and, and to me, I get the idea. I, I know where you're coming from on that. I do. I understand. But I don't know. It's just, again, I wear UTEP gear everywhere I go to see every team. And that's just what I do. And I wear a lot of Chihuahuas gear, a lot of El Paso gear. Heck, I wore a UTEP t-shirt and a UTEP football cap to the Vatican. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just what it is, right? You wear what you want to wear, and that's and that's just how it goes. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's just it's an opinion that you can have, and I respect it. And it's if you went to a UTEP – okay, here's a better question, Adrian – Let's say you went to a UTEP-Texas basketball game last year when they opened the arena and you were able to get second-row seats right behind the UTEP bench and you were wearing a UTEP shirt. You think Texas is going to ask you to leave? No, of course not. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, look, you see it at big sporting events all the time. I go to Cowboys games all the time, and I'm wearing my Rams jerseys, even if the Rams aren't playing. So it's just because we got great friends like David from 915 Tours who sends us out to things like that. And so, yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely uh, a proponent of those, you know, just wear what you want. But be careful because fans on the other side might not agree with you. It, fans in Dallas are pretty nice whenever I go out there and wear a Rams jersey, but fans maybe in Philly if you're wearing an opponent's jersey yep. out there they're not going to be as nice and you know if you get a comment coming your way and you're not wearing the team's uh shirt you shouldn't be upset if you get a comment going your way as well if you're re- if you're prepared to wear that t-shirt be prepared to uh take some criticism from those who might not be in favor of it but don't you think we should be talking more about the team and what they've done and how great this run is and how uh, it just goes to show you how badly El Paso wants a winner, that here we are. It's not even the NCAA tournament we're talking about. It's an NIVC, which is basically the NIT equivalent of volleyball, and UTEP has hosted every round. They're in the championship now, and to me, this just goes to show you how badly El Paso wants a winner and how they will support a winner. 
You know, and another thing on this point, I think that women's sports just go underrepresented across, uh, you know, whatever it is, media, fans, whatever you want to talk about, fandom, whatever you want to say. And it's always great when we get to do victory laps around a team like this, a volleyball team that has deserved so much attention over the years and a volleyball program that before Ben Wallace came here, it was a bad program. It was, I mean, you talk about historically bad programs with football, the volleyball program was not good whatsoever before Ben Wallace came to town and he's revitalized this program and made everybody believe in this product everybody believe in this volleyball team and it's caused these games to sell out so I feel like everything about this program in itself you can't take for granted if you're a UTEP fan it's a great way to look at it 16 passes we continue Cowboys thrashed the Eagles last night huge statement win for the Cowboys Cowboys fans are you ready to believe that this is the magical season? That, in fact, the impossible is happening? That this team is not flirting with you? They're not messing around? They are here, and they are actually going to go deep, if not to Vegas. That's something I want to talk about with you as well. The Otani contract, 680 of $700 million deferred. It broke right before we went on the air. It was Otani's idea. The Dodgers are going to pay $2 million of the $70 million per season through the life of the 10-year contract. So 680 of the 700 will be deferred. And there is nothing baseball can do about it because in the collective bargaining agreement, there is absolutely no minimum or maximum for deferred money in contracts. It is simply something that has never been done. And Otani and the Dodgers found the loophole. Congratulations to the Dodgers. As I put on uh, Twitter X a little while ago, they beat the system. Good for them. Somebody had to do it. Dodgers and Otani figured it out. So now the Dodgers can spend all the money they want trying to build a winner, knowing they're only paying Shohei two a year for the next 10 years. It really is a brilliant move for both parties. 17 pass. Do you want to talk about that or the UTEP men's basketball team going down to Oregon on Saturday? We do have awards to hand out. We'll do that after Charlie won, who has this traffic update for us. We're here as we continue on Sports Talk Live, Border City L House. Come on down, folks. The L House has pint night right now. Three fifty, four fifty, five fifty pints, three dollar cans of Modelo, four dollar fireball. Oh, and the food is great. Had uh, some chicken quesadillas when I got here. What a great way to uh, get things started. And now, whether it's the half-pound burgers, it's the delicious wings, uh, you also have uh, loaded fries, you've got flatbread pizza, you've got brisket. Uh, everything you can imagine is here. they got great food, and you can enjoy all the food you want, not to mention all those great pints and uh, 12 beers of Christmas as well happening out here at Border City Alehouse, 1506 Lee Trevino. All right, let's go back to the phones right now. And just to remind you, tomorrow we will be live out at Memorial Gym. Adrian will join me courtside 4 to 7. It's going to be a great show. We'll look forward to having you with us for the sold-out UTEP Wichita State NIVC Championship. Can't wait to be back out at Memorial Gym. Let's go to Memphis Drew. He joins us next. Drew, how are you? Doing good, Steve. How about yourself? Well, I'm fine. Thank you, Drew. We've got a million topics to choose from. Which do you want to hit on tonight? Uh, uh, I got a, about maybe two or three. Well, Otani, I'm glad he got paid, but uh, I think baseball needs a salary cap. They're turning, uh, seems like, 
Kansas City Royals, Detroit Tigers, Tampa Bay. They're like AAA teams, I guess. Uh, it's all yeah. about it's all about the Dodgers and the Yankees. Yankees got Soto. Yeah, it's all about them. Now, I think baseball needs a salary cut. I don't see what's the use of the other teams, Steve, uh, Kansas City Roars and Detroit Tigers. What have they done lately? Um, well, let's see. Uh, as far as the Tigers, not much. Royals, I mean, I get it. I, I do understand where you're going with that. I do. But then again, let's look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Small market. They don't spend a lot of money. And look at how the Rays are doing. Look at the Orioles and their payroll and what they did last year. So, to me, sometimes if you build it right within the farm system and you develop players properly, you'll see good results. Yeah, they they got to do everything right, these uh, small market teams. While the big market teams, they just buy their way into championships. Yep. That's why I don't like them so much, you know. Uh, that's my opinion. Hey, I think Prescott, Dak Prescott, is playing uh, as well as any quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, Foss was kind of critical of him uh, last week, but I think he's playing very well. Oh, my God. I mean, listen, it's the best he's played. It is the best he's played since he's, uh, you know, really since his first year on the, on the scene, so... And that team has so much confidence right now. I can't wait to see where the Dodgers go, where the uh, where the Cowboys go. Sky's the limit. Defense is playing great. Uh, offense is moving the ball and doing big things. And right now, um, I would love to see San Francisco going to Dallas and getting another shot, and the Cowboys getting another shot at them. Maybe that'll happen in the postseason. We'll see. Sam Hartman uh, dropped out of the playing in the summer. Did you see that comment, Steve? I did. I did. He's going to be uh, getting ready for the NFL draft. Can't really be surprised, and it's unfortunate. But honestly, you're going to see Notre Dame. It would have been nice if Sam Hartman was playing, but I'm sure there'll be somebody else that, you know, now you've got two guys, two quarterbacks that didn't play the whole season that are going to be uh, you know playing against each other in this one. So I guess we'll see uh, pretty quick. You know, Notre Dame will probably end up going with, I would think, Steve Angeli um, at quarterback. He played, you know, limited uh, minutes, but he did have four touchdowns to one interception. And he's a sophomore who most likely will be the heir apparent unless they go into the portal. So, you know, I'm fine with that. 76% completion percentage, four touchdowns, one interception. Would I have loved to have seen Sam Sam Hartman? Absolutely. But you also have to be realistic about, about that one. How about their uh, their running back, the kid that's got thirteen hundred rushing yards and and eighteen touchdowns? Uh, is he going to play? Yeah, yeah. Question mark. Do we know? Finally, is he, I'll is get he you playing? off. On, I don't know. Hey, finally, I get off the air here. If uh, you had to pick one field goal kicker this year, who would you pick? Justin Tucker, or a Cowboys kicker, Aubrey. He's he's a uh, fantastic. Or uh, anybody else, Jake L. All, all got some good uh, field goal kickers. This year. Who, who do you think is the best this year? Who would you pick? Well, I mean, Aubrey's been the best, but he's missed. I think he's missed three extra points, but he banged home a fifty-nine and a sixty-yarder yesterday. That's that's it's hard to go against that as a rookie. I might go Justin Tucker just because of his uh, prior record and and his longevity. 
Adrian, who would you take? I'm going Jake Elliott, no question about it. I mean, I'm not even thinking two seconds. Uh, Justin, I love Justin Tucker. He hasn't been playing very well this year. He's missed a lot of uh, kicks, and it's uncharacteristic to where he's uh, played and you know been at his entire career. He's one of the greatest kickers in NFL history. Just this year, for some reason, he's not nailing him like he used to. Right yeah. now, today, I'd take Jake Elliott over anybody from the Eagles. Elliott's been money. He has been money. Hard to go, hard to not, not to take Elliott. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, th- I think that's a solid. I think that's a solid take. If you want to go Elliott too, that that's that's pretty good. So good question. Appreciate you getting in today, Drew. Thanks for the call. Five zero five six zero zero nine. Our telephone number five zero five six zero zero nine. As we continue, yeah, uh, there's a lot of good ones. A lot of good ones uh, in terms of kickers. But you look at what Aubrey's done. It's pretty. It's nothing short of a phenomenal so far. Really is. Yeah, I'm a big Aubrey fan. I mean, also there's some good young kickers in the league. Uh, Anders Carlson. We'll watch him tonight for the Packers. Uh, brother of Dylan Carlson, by the way, which is interesting. Two kickers who are both brothers. Uh, and yeah, those those guys right there are examples of really good kickers. I really, I'm a big fan of Aubrey. And what he's done for the Cowboys is provided stability. They've always had inconsistent kickers, from Brett Maher to Viscaino. I mean, you could throw out a lot of these guys who've. Just just been jokes at the kicking position for the Cowboys, and yeah. what Aubrey's done is provided stability and consistency for True. them. True. By the way, Audric Estime was who I was thinking of, Adrian. He's the uh, saw, the junior running back from Nyack, New York, who's got 1,341 yards and 18 touchdowns. Is Estime supposed to be playing in this game? No word on him. The only word we've heard from him so far is the fact that he's a second-team All-American out of the AP ranks, and uh, by a lot of people, he's known to be a top-five college football running back. So the fact that we haven't heard any news, maybe that's good news, Steve. Maybe he actually does play in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Man, I hope so. I hope so. All right. Uh, saw this coming in on uh, Twitter a little while ago. Chris Banks, 21, nothing wrong with wearing UTEP gear to the Vatican. They need all the prayers they can get. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Um, you know, and once again, I've seen now the fans that were in the stands wearing the, uh, the, the gear that was brought up earlier. One guy was like right in the middle of the crowd with an orange Texas Longhorn shirt that just completely stands out. And then there was another group that was like a family, I guess, of like uh, it looks like a, a mom, a kid, and the kid's in like a, a hat. Now, the interesting thing is is that they're wearing Texas Longhorn gear, but they're clapping. They're, they're cheering on the minors. So that's another thing, Adrian. If they're not wearing UTEP gear, but they're there – and they're supporting, and they bought a ticket, and they're cheering on the team. Does you know? Does does that count for something? Maybe it just feels out of place, right? That's the. I mean, maybe that's the way to describe all of this. It just look a little out of place to some minor fans. And well, yeah, if you're at a UTEP game, you're wearing you're wearing the UTEP orange, not that burn orange. Maybe UTEP can have a couple of, uh, of of loner shirts to give them during the games and be like, "Here you go, put this on, kid." Ooh, we'll, I like we'll get it. it back from you. We'll, we'll get it back from you after the game. <laughs> oh my God! Thirty-one past the hour. As we continue here on Sports Talk, let's jump right back to Adrian standing by with this bottom of the hour sports interrupting. Have a Border City L House hanging out with you on Pint Night. Come on down, and you can watch two games at one night: Packers, Giants, and Titans taking on 
the Dolphins. The Titans are huge underdogs, by the way. Huge underdogs. Um, Adrian, I had a dilemma this weekend. First off, let's talk trips for a second. How was Scottsdale and uh, the boys' weekend? Yeah, it was great. Uh, as low-key as you could probably imagine. Uh, Saturday, a little golf, then tired. Watched the uh, UTEP-Oregon game with some friends. The guy, Some of the guys uh, joined me and watched uh, the UTEP game. The others watched the Lakers demolish uh, the Pacers in the finals of the in-season tournament, uh, you know, for the NBA. So it was it was a really good weekend, all things considered. Very quick, very low key. Got some great food, uh, and yeah, love Scottsdale. How was yours? It was a lot of fun. Although when we landed Friday afternoon, we didn't realize that President Biden was in Vegas to talk about the rail line infrastructure. So they shut the airport down for two hours, and nobody could get out. So we landed, we're in a taxi line that wasn't moving, and all of a sudden the line was backed up for a half a mile, and everything was gridlocked. Uber was being turned away. So you know what we ended up doing? Walking? We walked a mile and a half all the way down to Tropicana Avenue and then ended up getting a a ride share over to the Strip when we were there. We were about three-quarters of a mile away from the MGM Grand when we finally got the ride. Wow. So you were hauling all this luggage about a mile and a half? Yeah. Forget that. I'm not going to sit in the airport for an hour or two. I wanted to get get to the casino and get to Vegas. So, by the way, um, love the Venetian. Beautiful hotel. Um, Big thank you to uh, the Roths uh, for uh, being a part of their celebration weekend along uh, with the uh, Castagnons, great people to be around. We had so much fun with them. Um, ate at an amazing uh, French restaurant. One of the best meals I've ever had in Vegas. It's a place called Bouchon's. It is a uh, Thomas Keller restaurant. And, Adrian, if you're a foodie and you know who Thomas Keller is, uh, this was as good as it gets. So the meal was great. Um, I bet the UTEP game on Saturday. I was. It was a conundrum, man. UTEP was a 13-point dog, and they were plus 600 on the money line. So I had to figure out what to do. I didn't like any of the bets, but I had to bet UTEP in some way, shape, or form while I was there. So I took UTEP and the plus 600 on the money line. Didn't throw a ton of money, but I felt like, hey, you know what? If they win, I want to enjoy it as a fan and profit. And if they lose, well, at least I didn't put too much money on them to begin with, which is exactly what ended up happening when it was all said and done. Oh, man, Steve, that's a tough one. You know what? It's funny. Uh, out in Phoenix, they have FanDuel and every, all the online sports books and everything available. So one of my friends downloads it and asks, what about UTEP Oregon? Should I take the points? And I said, no, I'd take Oregon. But he didn't end up doing it. He wanted to ride with the home team. He wanted to go with with UTEP. I just didn't feel good about the game whatsoever. And so, yeah, I feel like uh, I was just like, you know what? Defer everything. Go the Lakers. Just go Lakers. So I'm happy that I at least gave some sound betting advice for one thing versus feeling iffy about the other. And I felt iffy about that UTEP-Oregon game. I know. I felt great in the first half. I was like, wow, UTEP in the money line could be good. But not in the second half. It just did not work out. It really was a tale of two halves, and I'll say this, too. If you want to see adjustments that were made, just look at what Oregon did to UTEP in this final 20 minutes. 
Yeah, right. Exactly. And they, what they did is they threw out the zone like crazy. Uh, they yep. attacked the paint, which UTEP, they love the trap. They love the uh, the uh, high trap, uh, which they do early, uh, as soon as opponents cross the half court. Uh, but after that, if you're able to get past that, that early pressure against the UTEP defense, you're able to break them using ball movement. So right. uh, the defense that UTEP has is good, but it is breakable. And it's evident by some of the stats that we're seeing, Steve. Actually, right now, they are 67 in the country in their uh, adjusted efficiency on defense, which is a good thing. But all of their offensive stats are in the red on Ken Palm, and that's really bad, including being the fifth worst team in the country out of 363 teams. Fifth worst team in the country in three-point percentage. Wow. Okay. Well, nonetheless... We did have awards to give out after the game on Minor Talk Saturday night. So why don't we start first with our uh, wind supply of El Paso hot hand to the game. Uh, Again, second half was rough. Who'd you give the hot hand to? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, we went Tay Hardy because he was the guy who made three three pointers for the Miners. He was three of six from beyond the arc uh, in this one, but he did have four turnovers. He did have some key mistakes in this game. He did lead the team in scoring though, sixteen points. Uh, but for hot hand, we had to give it to Tay Hardy. Hard to find an option here. Isn't it scary that you're like, well, we gave it to Tay Hardy by default? Yes, it is. I mean, there's re- there was really not a lot of positives from this game. It is scary, though, that we're talking about already things like this in or early into the season. I agree with you. Uh, that's for sure. Hey, uh, meanwhile, folks, uh, if you are looking for either you know a, a new air conditioner or a new heater, look no further than uh, Wind Supply. They are the official distributor of Champion Heating and Cooling. In fact, if you want to find your nearest Champion dealer and set up an appointment. All you do is you go to windsupplyalpaso.com, click the champion dealers. It'll take you to a list. You can find one of the dealers closest to you. They have the preferred champion dealers and the certified champion elite dealers. It's all there for you at windsupplyalpaso.com, the find a dealer tab. How about um, our player of the game brought to you by Timothy Cantrell? Who'd you go with for that? You know what? I love Timothy Cantrell because he could sell you a home, but he can't sell you three-pointers, Steve. That's the only problem he can't do, and, and I wish he could. Uh, Otis Frazier was a player of the game out, out of this one. 12 points, 5 of 7 from two-pointers, which was helpful for the Miners. Felt like he, in certain stretches, was the only guy giving a lot of effort for the Miners. He had six rebounds. That that's effort right there. He had a block. He had a steal. That's effort right there. Otis Frazier has been on a good stretch. Uh, they just need more from other guys across the team. So he can't do it himself. He was the player of the game. All right. Uh, by the way, I, I wish Timothy could get out there and, and show the guys how to shoot threes. That would be phenomenal. But what he can do is, like you said, buy or sell your home for you. He's got over 20 years of experience. He's connected. He knows everybody. And uh, tell you what, he's also uh, you know, someone that uh, you can uh, put your faith into. You want to learn more, just give him a call, 204-8441. That's 204-8441 for Timothy Cantrell. And those were our awards given out after the uh, game Saturday on Minor Talk. And by the way, if you missed Friday's show, oh my goodness, what a uh, show it was. UTEP Zay, Cade McConnell, Lane Frank, the three amigos, and uh, Adrian, that is now up via the podcast. And I can't even begin to say 
Uh, what a terrific job they did. I got to hear part of that when I finally got into my hotel in Vegas, caught part of that 6 o'clock hour. Now I get to hear the first two hours to catch up, and uh, really happy that those guys had so much fun on Friday. Yeah, first off, I just want to say thank you to our listeners who called in. I uh, I was like you. I kind of went in and out as far as tuning into the show. At one point, I heard uh, the president of the Shohei Otani fan club, Gator <laughs> Richard. Uh, at, one, at another point, I heard other callers or listeners chiming in on Twitter or X, which I loved as well. And then thank you to our guests. I mean, uh, assistant. I mean, excuse me. Athletic director Jim Center. They had head coach Scotty Walden and executive director Bernie Olivas of the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, all as guests on Friday, and they were fantastic. And you know what? Lane asked the hard-hitting questions to about everybody. So I love the fact that we had such a hard-hitting show, exciting show that was on Friday, and now everybody can listen to it on our podcast channel. Oh, it's so much fun. Good for those guys, and good for you getting a chance to relive that show all over again wherever you get 600 ESPN El Paso on demand. We'll come back, wrap up Hour 2. We're 30 minutes away from the Monday Night Football doubleheader. We're live right now out here at Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino. Come hang with us as we'll take you right up till halftime, and then all of our giveaways coming up right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Steve, uh, no one plays in bowl games anymore. It's no. sad. It, it, no. If it's not the college football playoff, they're not playing. And even at the college football playoff, it's probably going to be – there's going to be one time where a player doesn't play in the playoff because they're getting ready for the NFL draft or whatever yep. reason, and then that's going to be a real big bummer. Uh, but it's sad. It's just no one, no relevant college football player that is expected to be drafted plays in bowl games anymore, and that's a sad thing. Well, more now than ever before, because starting next year, you're going to have 12 teams play in a bowl playoff that will ultimately turn into three games for some teams. If you're a pro prospect, who's going to want to play three extra games? Yeah, knowing that you could finish up uh, with a conference championship involved in all of this, uh, you could wind up, what, playing 15 games, 16 games when it's all said and done? Uh, there could be agents out there in the NFL who say, hey, wait, 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 why do you have to yeah. play that first round college football playoff game? Let's save you for the big one. Actually, wouldn't it be four if you're going to be, if you're now a top four seed, let's say you're five through 12, and you run all the way to the championship, wouldn't that be four games and not three? Yeah, that's true. Like, take Alabama or Georgia, for example. Like, they, they both play in the SEC championship game in a 12-team playoff format. They're all uh, – both of them are obviously in the college football playoff. And let's say Georgia ends up getting, like, a five-seed or something like that. Then, yeah, you're right. They would end up playing that many games. Plus their championship game, right? Exactly. So they, would have five, they would have five extra games. So does that mean that we game schedule? Do we need to start a uh, like you know abandoning the college or the conference championship games now for Power Five uh, conferences? I would. I hope they do that. They won't because they need the money, but it means nothing. Let's be honest. After 12 weeks of football, don't you feel like you already know who the top 12 teams are? Yeah, and, and it's sometimes for cer certain conferences like the Big Ten, you just need like three weeks of watching bad Iowa and bad Purdue football to realize that Michigan and Ohio State are definitely the cream of the crop. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's certain conferences out there and even you know certain college football teams, you don't need that many games to tell you whether or not they're the 12 best teams in all of college football. 
No, you're right. Hey, uh, meanwhile, Scotty Walden uh, went to Rosa's Cantina with the Utah football staff yesterday, and he's asking for dinner suggestions and restaurant suggestions with his new staff. And in case you're wondering about the staff, outside of Justin Garrett, who was in the picture, I feel like this entire group is all new. Everybody is part of his staff from Austin P. There are no UTEP staffers other than Garrett, who is on this, who is in this group right now. Yeah, a really good point. Over the over the weekend, we heard a lot about uh, this staff being built. J.J. Clark, the new defensive coordinator. Jared Caster is the offensive line coach, both coming from Austin P. That one kind of headlined everything. But uh, the one that was surprising to me, Steve, LaTex Jake Brown coming yep. as the offensive coordinator. That's actually a, a really sneaky, good hire for UTEP. I loved what he was able to do with LaTex makeshift group last year, Hank Bachmeyer, Smoke Harris, DeColdis Crawford, you name it. I liked his offense and what he was able to do with La Tech last year. Jake Brown now coming to UTEP and joining Scotty Walden here in El Paso. Co-offensive coordinator with La Tech. Here's a guy who, uh, once again, you know, you kind of look at his pedigree. TCU, um, he was also West Texas A&M, Louisiana Tech, been all over the place, really, these last few years. Right, and I feel like that's just uh, an outside voice who wasn't a part of that whole Austin P system with Scotty Walden who could come in and give kind of a new perspective to this group and maybe help them out, score some points in conference player, score some points in general, period. Yep. I think that could be well, super helpful for you, Tim. How about this? How about the fact that he coached at, Texas in, uh, at Arlington Martin, Lake Travis, and Midlothian High in Texas. There you go. There's your recruiting connections. Also helped work with Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield. So he knows the marquee players, too. I love it. Uh, you need guys like that. You need guys who can relate to today's game, and you need guys who can, who've can who done it with uh, today's game's best players and, and biggest stars across the state of Texas. Two hours down, one to go. Stay with us. We'll take you right up till the end of uh, today's show. And then Giants and Packers coming up live. 600 ESPN El Paso and with us here today at Border City El House.